Our dear ones in your caring Who brightly shone in endless day Past death and all despairing At our life's end, Lord, as your own Bring us with them around your throne The joys of heaven are sharing And gracious God in years to come we pray your hand may guide us And onward through our journey home Your mercy walk beside us Until at last our ransom blood Save from peril, toil and strife when heaven itself shall hide us. The text for the sermon this day is taken from 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, which writes, Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient but the things that are unseen are eternal. That is the text. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So it is New Year's Eve. In a few hours, it will be 2017. So make sure you start writing the right date on your checkbook or whatever you have to write it on. But 2016 has been an interesting year. Because we're in the state of Iowa, we got to have a whole year's worth and at more on the election. A very much less than joyous election. But as much as that was a struggle, the news of our world in this last year has been pretty depressing. The thing that you hear a lot on the media is about all the celebrities that have died in the last year. Like the guy that played Severus Snape in Harry Potter or Hans Gruber in Die Hard, Alan Rickman, 
If you've ever seen Wally Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, the act, Wally, Willy Wonka, he passed away. This last week, Carrie Fisher, famous for Princess, as Princess Leia from Star Wars, passed away. Her mother the next day, Debbie Reynolds, died of a stroke. She was in the movie um, Singing in the Rain, if you've ever seen that one. See, it's kind of... And then, our own world. Our own lives, especially in the last two weeks, have become very grim. December 16th, I, was woke, I woke up in the morning and found out that Fritz, what, Fritz's health was failing. Later that evening, he died. This la then the coming, following Monday, Mickey Kraft had a, major, had a major stroke. Nobody found him for 24 hours. Today, we laid him to rest. Later that week, last Friday, Mary Boki passed away. And then this past Monday, on the same day that Mickey died, Carol Turner passed away. Four people in our three congregations died in 10 days. If you go and talk to Larry Andringa, he's had a very busy several days. This has been a very tough year. Now I know there's been the good things like the Cubs winning the World Series, which, you know, I've been told hell's supposed to freeze over when that happened. And we had the, win we had the Summer Olympics, so there's all those joyous moments. So there's definitely moments of joy in the last year. But there is still the grief. And the thing is, if you watch the media, if you watch, like, especially some of the late-night talk show hosts, like um, Stephen Colbert, has been all talking up. The end of 2016, they had a whole ceremony where they smashed this block of ice that said 2016, because they're so excited to get rid of it. But here's where the tragedy is. So many of the people who are grieving 2016... They see all the death that is going on and never has come to, I don't think it's coming to their minds that maybe God is trying to get their attention. Because this, we're talking about the secular world as the world that was hit with many of those deaths. A world that can't even begin to think about Christ. Christ. can't even begin to realize what, this, what these weeks, these days have called us to realize is that our nature, as it says in 2 Corinthians, our outer nature is wasting away. We are all dying. Every last one of us, unless you're really lucky like the couple people in the, the Old Testament, or you're one of those people who are here on the day that Jesus returned, 
Unless you're in that really small number, you will all die one day. From the youngest to the oldest. And one thing that is very clear that we've hopefully, we're trying, some of us might have started to understand in this last week is that you don't know when it's going to happen, where it's going to happen, how it's going to happen. You have no control, no guarantees on how you're going to die or when it's going to happen. Notice what the gospel lesson said. Know this, that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. You also must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Yes, on the one hand, Jesus is talking about his final return on Judgment Day, on that last day of this earth. But that is also talking about when he will call to come call any of us home. We don't know when it's going to happen. So as we've had, we grieve the loss of loved ones in this year, as there are those who grieve the loss of those people that they loved watching on TV or listening to them sing, we are confronted with the reality that death is there. And I know in our world we want to try to figure out how can we solve this? How can we dodge it? But in reality, every solution you have is just a way to extend it. But even that isn't a guarantee. How many times have we heard of somebody going to the hospital and the prognosis was hopeful? They said, oh, they're going to be just fine, and they weren't, and they died. It can happen so very fast. And this reality begs us to get on our knees in repentance. Coming before our God and saying, I, a poor, miserable sinner, deserve nothing but your wrath and judgment, O God. Because the reality is, is when we face that death, and God comes to you. He's not going to ask us how good of a singer you were or how good of an actor you were. He's not going to ask how famous or popular you were. And by the way, whenever a celebrity dies, there's always that person that comes out and tells you you shouldn't mourn or grieve over the loss of, say, Carrie Fisher you need to mourn the lives of a soldier, which you should mourn lives of soldiers. But they want to treat it as an either-or. But I'm going to tell you something. Being a soldier also won't save you. I know some soldiers have been some very nasty, bad people. I'm not saying all soldiers are, but I know in some that have been. And if I told you the stories of what they've done to their ex-wife, it would, it would horrify you. 
The reality is, is that nothing that we have done in this life is going to satisfy God's wrath. Which is why we get down on our knees and say, and actually this is one of the things I did, none of our churches have them, so that's why we don't do it, but I do, have any of you ever been to a church that has kneelers by chance? I actually like that. We don't have them in, I know some churches will actually just put little stools or whatever in, in their pews. They come up with a way to deal with it. But if you ever pay attention in our hymnal, when we get to the confession and absolution, to confession, you actually, it actually says stand or kneel. And the reason is, is to, it's, when we are on our knees, that is an act of humility. None of us likes to get down on our knees. And we're assuming that we're healthy and we have knees that are, it's okay for us to get on our knees. But for those of who are able to do that, it is an act of humility, realizing that we deserve the full punishment for every single sin we have committed, right down to the littlest white lie, to the, greater, the greatest of sins, the greatest of betrayals, the most angry and hate-filled actions we've ever committed. We deserve punishment. We deserve hell for every last bit of it. But when we get down and we kneel before our Lord and we confess to that sin, see, this is why he's saying you also must be ready. This is how we ready ourselves. One of the ways is we confess our sins. But see, our God does not do what we deserve. He's going to look at you and he's not going to look at what you have done in your life, whether you're, you know, whatever the list may be. He's going to look at you and he's just going to say, he's going to look and see, this is one whom my son has chosen. This is one who believed in, believed in my son and what he came and said. He or she is redeemed, forgiven, given life. Welcome into the kingdom. Welcome to the wedding feast. You know, tonight, with it being New Year's Eve, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are going to be feasting. They're going to be drinking more than they should. They'll be having all kinds of good food or whatever. But one of the things is, is New Year's Eve, you know, we, we don't have a huge attendance tonight. And if you ask about every pastor, they all know, today, tomorrow, are statistically the worst attended services of the entire year. New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. After, a week after the best attended. Churches are going to be very thin tomorrow. But the thing is, is you are preparing for a much better feast. You will have much, much better wine or Luther-believed beer than you'll find in this world. You will have a meal 
That was better than any Thanksgiving meal or Christmas meal that you had last week or that's coming. You have a a feast, a banquet, a celebration that is better than anything that has ever happened in Times Square on New Year's Eve or any other day. Better than the celebration when the Cubs won the World Series. It, is being, it has been prepared. It is being prepared for all who believe. When we come in humility, confessing our sins, on account of the blood of Jesus shed on the cross, he says, welcome my child. Welcome my son into your eternal home. Where there isn't death. The cure to death is in God's word. It's in his sacraments. It comes from Jesus himself. Because I'm going to let you in a secret. When we get to 2017, death isn't going to stop. And neither will God's word. And neither will his promise. That all who believe in him, all who die in faith, will rise on the last day in a new life, in a new body, strong, mighty. So as tomorrow comes, as the new year approaches, raise your hand if you do any New Year's resolutions. I'm not asking if you actually fulfill them. I'm asking if you think about it at least. For those of you who do New Year's resolutions, I know usually the most common one is lose weight, and yes, that's one I could definitely do. But we also know that very often it probably fails within at least a week or the day of it. But I want to challenge you to make a New Year's resolution. And this is a resolution that you pass on, because I realize in some ways I'm speaking to the choir, but pass it on to your children or grandchildren. Ready yourselves for the fact that the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. How do we ready ourselves? When the opportunity comes, hear God's word. Receive his sacrament. In other words, attend church when you can. If you are physically able to, do so. One of the things that I've noticed people tend to do when someone dies, in their grief they decide it's a good idea to not go to church anymore. You realize that's like refusing to go to the doctor when you're sick because someone else got sick. That's actually, it's absolute nonsense to do that. Now I understand if maybe you want to go to another building, maybe the building itself stirs up memories, so maybe you want to go to a church that's a little bit closer, but withdrawing yourself is to withdraw yourself from the very thing that you need most. The thing that we need the most when we grieve is God's word. 
It is, in, and it is when we come especially to the Lord's Supper that all the people that have died in the last year who have died in the faith. So we're talking about any of the people that we have laid to rest from our congregations. When you come to the Lord's Supper, you are united with them. When we miss someone who is not here, that is where we go. We go to the altar of the Lord. Receive the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. And through the body and blood of Jesus, you are united with everyone who has ever died in the faith. From the people you have never met, to the dearest relatives, to the great saints of old, you are united to them. So that's one part of your daily, your New Year's resolution. And passing on to others who you know need this as a resolution. Hear God's word. Receive his sacrament. Number two, daily devotions. Read your Bible at home. We are very fortunate as a culture. I have this on my iPad. Many of you have smartphones. You can access your Bible on that or your computer. Or if you, and if you can't, don't have one of those, it is not hard to find a place to buy a Bible. You could go up to Walmart. They sell them. They have plenty of them. There are many places you can find a good Bible. So read it. That's why that congregation of prayer is in your bulletin every week. This is the reason why for our confirmation students, I require that they do this every week. Whether they always do it is another question. But what they're supposed to be doing is reading those scriptures. Because what it does, it makes you read not only the scripture you like, enjoy reading, but also the more difficult passages. Because God wants you to learn and read all of his word, not just the parts you like. So be in his word. Sing hymns every now and then. And what's great is you can, when you're at home, you can sing whatever hymn you want. If you don't like some of the hymns I choose, you got hymns that you can go pick whatever you want at home. And, if I, and thir third, think of ways that you can show the love of Christ to someone else. Think of people that you can be, show acts of compassion to, or maybe ministries or missions that you can help. Perhaps it's something like Upper Des Moines or Atlas. Perhaps it is that shelter in Bigelow that is going up. There are many places and many ways that you can help, that you can be Christ to your neighbor. Be prepared. Be ready. For Christ comes at a time you do not expect. And by the way, don't wait until midnight to decide to do this. Decide to be in God's word, to be ready. Because for all you know, you might not make it to midnight.
always be ready. Be in his word. And that is true even for the youngest of us. That that the son of God may come when you don't expect it. So may we be ready that we may join in that inexpressible joy, in that wedding feast that has no end. In Jesus' name, amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keep you in the one true faith and a life everlasting. Amen. We sing hymn 384.